I don't know about you, but I want to figure out how to be a little more balanced. Life is full of chaos, adventure, and the unknown. I am on the search to hear from those who can make this journey more fun and easy as I learn how to be better to myself, enhance my health, and be a part of ending human trafficking. Today, joining us on The Balance Girl is pastry chef Monica Glass. She was an uber successful boss babe working in public relations in New York, and she decided to leave it all behind and chase her dreams. She started following other iconic chefs to learn from, and she began her own career. She soon discovered that she was celiac and had to find a new balance of eating healthy while learning new styles of cooking indulgent food. Hi, everyone. Very exciting. We have Monica Glass joining us on The Balance Girl today. How are you doing, Monica? I am doing great today, Kenzie. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. I so excited to find you, be connected with you, um, just hearing about your story and how you've become a pastry chef, which is super exciting. I I'm, I haven't gotten into the pastry world yet, so I'm a little jealous that <laughs> you are so good at that. Um, but why don't you start off by telling us a little bit, I mean, how does someone go from public relations in New York to becoming a pastry chef? <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. I have always loved baking and cooking, um, particularly baking and desserts, because it's a little something extra that you don't need, but it can sure put a smile on people's faces. Um, but I actually don't even eat that much sugar. Um, so I really kind of gravitated towards pastry in general because of the art and science behind it. And I I'd love to figure out why things work the way they work. Um, and PR, I realized when I was working in New York City at some PR firms that I got into it originally because I really like to write, but PR is more regurgitation of information and selling it than the actual writing. So it didn't feel soul satisfying to me. And I noticed that I kept gravitating towards our food clients um, within the company I worked for and just would ask if, you know, can I help on this project? Can I do that? I wanted to meet all the chefs. And one that I was helping promote her cookbook, Maureen Petrosky, convinced me um, and encouraged me to write a list of my top chefs at, and restaurants in New York City and just ask to work to for free to learn. Because, you know, starting out, I had a very expensive apartment, no money, and I wasn't making any money um, in public relations. So I had to use my resources. Um, and... So she inspired me to write a list of my favorite chefs and Deborah Rassicott was at the top of my list. Um, she was the pastry chef at Gotham Bar and Grill at the time. And so one day after work, I just you know mustered up the, uh, the courage to walk in and ask to speak with her um, and see if I could learn. So she asked why I wanted to learn pastry. And I said, because I like to work with my hands and I like to make people happy. And she invited me in the next Saturday and I never really looked back. Wow. I love that. Well, I love that you just went after your dreams, like in a totally different direction, because I think so many people are afraid to do that. But now look at you, you're going to be like the most fun blog I get to write about because I get to add all your fun pastry stuff. That's amazing. <laughs> Thanks. But I mean, it is a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. 
um, but, but fun. Well, I love that you wrote um, Cookie Dancer on your Instagram. So what, where'd that come from? <laughs> so that actually came from the beginning of uh, quarantine when the pandemic really hit over here last March. My friend had just broken both of her feet. So I knew that she couldn't take care of herself because she lives in a walk-up apartment building um, with a dog and she just wouldn't be able to do it. So I invited her to stay at my house since I have a guest bedroom. Um, and I started, you know, just for fun, since we were stuck inside making cookies all the time. And I would bake one off every night for her and do a cookie dance. So that is how that originated. <laughs> Everybody seemed to love it on the, on inter on the internet. <laughs> it is the first thing I noticed. I love that. That's awesome. That'd be somebody I'd want to be uh, locked down with in COVID would be a pastry chef. Pros and cons, you'd probably put on some weight fast, but you cook a lot of healthy stuff as well. So um, mm -hmm. you do a lot of gluten-free and I knew, uh, you know, you've had some success after figuring out that you're celiac. So how, where did that come into your journey? Was that before, did you figure that out before or after you became a chef? No. So I figured that out afterwards. I was working in Philadelphia at the time. Um, but so growing up, I was sick a lot, um, always, you know, underweight, severely anemic, fainting, um, stomach issues, but I, like doctors always said I was fine. And that it was just IBS. Um, and then my mother actually developed ovarian cancer or was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And that's where I noticed that things really started to take a turn for the worse for me. And a lot of the times I do say that there is some sort of stressful event that triggers, um, triggers the celiac gene to, to be activated. Um, and so I fully believe that that was probably it. And I just kept, I don't know, over the years, I just kept getting progressively worse. Um, my stomach like started burning. My throat was burning every time I ate. Um, and I remember um, one time I was walking in Union Square in New York City and just passed out. Uh, so I went to the clinic that was closest to there and um, they were shocked that I was actually, that I walked myself in because they said that I had the lowest iron that they had ever seen of anybody. And they immediately um, got me to the hospital to get a iron IV. And I believe I had a blood transfusion at that time as well. Um, and that kind of springboarded the journey of, okay, I guess I'm not really not okay. Like I'm not supposed to live like this. Yeah. Um, and I moved Actually, my mom passed, I believe, like a week or two after that episode happened. And I ended up moving home, which was had been planned anyway, to work at 10 Arts at the Ritz-Carlton. Um, and started going to more doctors down here. And it was still a, a journey to figure out what it was. And it was celiac disease. But um, I was also at the same time diagnosed with gastritis, esophagitis, um, gastroparesis, oral thrush, like all of the things all at once. So rebuilding my body was really tough, but um, it, it, it took a long time and it wasn't noticeable overnight, but slowly by, you know, um, feeding my body nutritious foods that it wanted really helped. And the little changes started to become noticeable. I love that. And I, I mean, honestly, that's what drew me to you was that story because um, our mutual friend, Liz, was telling me um, 
how it really was brought on to a whole nother level um, when you had something happen very um, traumatic in your life. And and that's exactly what happened in my own life. And um, I was like, oh, I didn't even connect that until you told me. And um, I think so many people are affected by what they eat and they don't have any idea and doctors don't really know what's going on. And they're diagnosing me with all sorts of crazy stuff. And, um, and once I started eating the foods that my body was crying out for and shifted it, I just saw a whole new world. So I'm very intrigued because I noticed when I first started eating, um, yeast free and following that lifestyle, um, I started craving sugar more. It's like, I took it all out. And then I was like, I, you know, and once you started adding the right kind back in, um, it started, that's what started making me excited to figure out like more what ingredients were and which ones I could eat and agreed with my body. And so just looking through your stuff, Monica, uh, you know, talk to us a little bit about how, if it can, how can a dessert be healthy? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is a great question. Um, I mean, so I think every once in a while having something fully sugar laden, fat laden, all that, like, not, not necessarily all natural, but all like all that stuff is okay. You can ha- you can have a balance of you know eating very healthfully and then an indulgence every now and then. But mm. can a dessert be like healthy? Absolutely. It just you know instead of using processed white granulated sugar, you could use coconut sugar. Um, you could use honey. Um, there's a lot of ways to. You know, make a dessert more healthy. You switch up your flours, which is something that I'm constantly playing around with because one, like the gluten-free flours, I love learning about them. And then also there's just so many things out there that can add different um, nutrients to to your baked goods and items that you're making. I totally agree. And I love that. I think just having a little bit of creativity in the kitchen and you'll feel so much better. But I love the idea of just being balanced and allowing yourself um, certain things, not all the time, but sometimes is really healthy. (laughs) And I think that gets into your, you know, you say you don't believe in a diet and uh, what, how would you characterize how you live? So uh... That is correct. I don't believe in a diet per se. Like if you want something, I believe in having a little bit of the real thing, because I know at least for me, what I've learned over the years is that if I don't give my body what it really wants and just say, I don't know if I try to stuff it down with substitutes or fakes, um, honestly, at the end of the day, I'm not satisfied. Neither is my soul, and I'm still gonna probably eat that thing anyway. So, just give yourself like a bite or two of the real thing, um, and you'll be satisfied, or at least I, I am. That's what it does for me. So, some people listening to this, you know, might say, "Okay, but you know, what's the rule?" I mean, there's so many people that are just wanting to know, like, "Tell me what's too much," or "How do you stay fit if you include sugar?" Like, so what's your secret? Do you kind of have like a rule of thumb, like I'll let myself indulge once a week, or anything like that, or do you really just feel it out? I really just feel it out. I don't like to create rules for myself in that regard. Um, Sometimes I do want to eat, you know, 
all the all the carbs gluten-free of course but like actually particularly for the past two weeks um not gonna lie I haven't I've been feeling like really feeling the quarantine because <laughs> I'm I haven't left my house in a couple days um and I've been craving like comfort food and you know potatoes and rice and all the carbs and the chips and I let myself um, do it because what I'm really trying to do is own and feel my feelings when they come up. And that's not always been a comfortable thing for me because I just kind of learned to stuff them down and be okay. Mm -hmm. But I'm really trying to process whenever I feel this way and let myself be in the moment, um, feel what I need to feel so I can learn and also not stuff it down. And so right now, like I learn that it might make me feel better in, in the few minutes that I'm eating all these carbs, but I doesn't have the capacity to really make me feel better in the long run. And mm. I am not really doing my body justice because I'm also not getting the nutrients that I need. And then I start to feel sluggish and then I start to feel um, like a, a little self-wallowing, depressed, and that's not the way that I want to be. So it's I have to make a conscious effort to make the right choices to feel the way that I want to feel. I love that. And I think that just, you know, nobody likes the word diet or rules. <laughs> and so that no. feels very inspiring, which um, I know you wrote me and said that your dream job is to continually be inspired and inspire others. And I mean, everything you're saying, I'm like, yes, because yeah. Allows you to indulge, but find that balance because you're right. There's times where you get to a point where you're like, if I keep eating that over and over again, I'm going to just keep feeling horrible. So yeah. <laughs> finding that is genius. You know what? I think it's time for a sneaky break. Are you looking for some motivation in the kitchen? I have just the cookbook for you. Dieting and cooking always felt like riding a bike through fire. <laughs> But once I realized I could make things simple and food could taste so good, I fell in love with the kitchen. Simply Balanced is full of simple, delicious, healthy recipes free of gluten, dairy, and refined sugar. Head to KinseyPentecost.com and use the Balanced Girl for 10% off today. Now let's get back to the Balanced Girl. So, you know, I <laughs> I want to know, I'm going to link in our uh, in my blog to your Instagram. And so people can follow you and all your fun tips and recipes. What is your, what's one of your favorite go-to recipes? Oh, everyone always asks that. <laughs> um, let me think about that for a minute, but I did want to add on to the, um, you know, the not diet diet thing, but I also fully believe that, um, Food has the power to heal. And so when I feel good, and because I do love to inspire people, but when I feel good, my body naturally has that energy that I love to be in, and then I can do good for others. And mm. like that's, at the end of the day, what truly makes me happy. Um, so that's what also inspires me to eat better. <laughs> um, but my favorite recipe, let's see, I... You know, I don't, hmm, actually probably breads. I love making bread. Ooh, I know it's not the healthiest, one. but 
I make a lot of gluten-free bread. So whether that's pretzels, bagels, my rolls, um, I'm working on sourdough. I've done some pretty good ones, but have not mastered it yet. Um, but I think just bread is so satisfying, taking a few simple ingredients and really, you know, having something that you can use in so many different ways too. And it's delicious. That, that is such a good one because it, it sounds basic, but when you're trying to be healthy and find balance, I find if you don't know the right person that can make bread, it can become a brick. <laughs> so. Yes. And so many, uh, I mean, there are much better gluten-free breads out there now, but when I was starting out as gluten-free, everything was like brick or cardboard. <laughs> Yeah, I well, and it's not that far advanced. And I live in Ireland. So um, you're sitting here talking about pretzels and rolls. I'm like, yes, um, that sounds amazing. I'll have to um, invite myself over after this pandemic. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Anytime. I also, I've never been to Ireland and I would love to go. Um, I hear that there are actually a lot of celiacs in Ireland, which is kind of ironic since they eat a lot of carbs and Guinness beer and but they're yeah. also very accommodating over in Ireland for celiacs I you know what I need you to tell me where because uh it, I feel like five years ago there was no health food shops and there has been quite a bit that have popped up and it's been amazing but um I'd say because the food here isn't genetically modified you end up being able you know the potatoes and the different things here the yeast it's not as bad as maybe if I ate those things in America, sometimes the, um, even vegetables, you know, I know like corn is so genetically modified that it's horrible for you. And so those things you can indulge in here, which is delightful. Um, but I found it was hard when I first moved here. Cause, uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to make everything myself if I want to eat it and find the ingredients. But, um, it's, it has started to shift. And so you are starting to hear the word celiac and five years ago, I didn't even hear it. So, but any tips you have or any place, you know, I'm going to hit you up for that after this yeah. podcast. <laughs> it's all about networking. How, how is it going? You know, um, I know you're in the U S and, pandemic hit and uh, you're in part of the states that's been a little bit more shut down. And how are you doing, you know, with your career and how has it affected you? So it has definitely affected my career, both in like what I really want to do and um, how I'm doing it. So I previous or prior to the pandemic, I was working towards opening a place of my own, a cafe. Now, I don't even know if I want to open a brick and mortar. Mm. Um, I have been juggling a multitude of things to try to, you know, figure out what I want to do. And I really like the classes, the online classes that I'm teaching. Um, I, eventually, I think I'd love to grow that. And also know, when we can be in person again, I really love teaching and I love interacting with people. So maybe I do more of a cooking school type uh, business venture. I do still want to write a cookbook. And um, I've been also working with a new social media company to produce some content called Jambi. And I'm their Jambi Sweets editor. Um, 
So that's fun. None of our stuff has come out yet. We're just kind of building content to, to build it up. So hopefully soon we can release some of those things. Um, and I've been working with CCAP, which is an organization so uh, near and dear to my heart. It's Careers Through Culinary Arts Program. And we help underprivileged uh, children, students, not children, underprivileged students who have an interest in the culinary world, you know, get them ready for careers. Um, and I'm just trying to, you know, combine all of the things that I love to do into a career, but I don't, I don't know if I want to be in one location anymore and have a cafe. I don't know. That's something I have to figure out, but. (laughs) I love that. And just the, you know, obviously you went from, uh, a really good job in PR to going out on a limb and chasing your dreams. So I'm, that's exciting to hear how you're processing change and all the different areas and spaces you can explore. And I think this time can be such a revelation time if we let it and figuring out how this will shift our future and our dreams. And I would benefit from a cooking class. I would definitely um, join. So I think you should definitely do that. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. And yeah, this is, you know, it's challenging. Um, not knowing exactly what I'm <laughs> going to do or every, every step. Like I have the big picture, but it's the backtracking and figuring out all the steps to get to where that is, um, mm. like how I want to be, but Absolutely. it's definitely daunting and scary, <laughs> but exciting. Yeah. Putting yourself out there and watching to see, but I think, you know, something you said going along with this is that, you struggle with feeling like an imposter and even with your success and everything you're so good at, you know, how do you walk in this space of being a chef and um, owning it? That is a very good question. And yes, I, I have definitely been battling um, imposter syndrome. And I think it's the more, at least in the beginning, not in the beginning, a couple of years ago, the more, um, acknowledgement, the more attention that I got, I think the more it frightened me. And that is kind of how the imposter syndrome built up. I'm like, why do I deserve these awards? Um, like, I never even went to culinary school. I'm just some, you know, kid who went off the street and wanted to learn how to cook. But, and then I guess over the past couple of years as well, and especially now that I'm not even in a kitchen, it's still showing up because, I don't have a restaurant. Am I still a chef? I don't know. (laughs) Um, And it's something that I've really been trying to to get over because it doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, I am a chef and I can cook and I can teach and I can do it. Um, I can do whatever I put my heart and my mind to, you know? Yes. I love that. Well, that, I mean, Monica, to be fair, I think most of my audience can relate to that. It's just we psych ourselves out before we even start. And then we kind of psych ourselves out in the middle of it all instead of enjoying it. So I love you declaring that. And I think it inspires me (laughs) to embrace it more. And um, I definitely can relate to that. I mean, I'm talking to you and I'm like, yes, you're a chef. And I just launched a cookbook and I'm like, well, I'm not. (laughs) So it's like, I can support you, but not myself. And so I love that. I'm going to replay that part of the podcast and remind myself to 
Oh, thank you. I mean, you're so inspirational as well. I mean, the fact that you are not classically trained as a chef and have two amazing cookbooks. Like I'm in- so inspired by that. <laughs> I, I'm like, I feel more if, if I can do it, then I can inspire someone to get in the stinking kitchen <laughs> because mine is just, you know, I wasn't a cook or cooking even. Oh my gosh. Like I have people coming out of the woodworks from college saying, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Remember when you burnt pumpkin seeds in college? And I'm like, please don't write that on my Instagram. Just kidding. <laughs> but I'm like, that's some growth, you know? So I love it. And I think uh, we can all be inspired that really we can change and we can learn and grow and, and really whatever we want, we can cultivate that and become that. So you're a living example of that. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and I, I guess we can't, we're not pigeonholed into one box. And mm. I think a lot of the times we put ourselves in those boxes, but we can do anything. I love that. Well, okay. So you kind of talked to me about some goals you have. Is there anything looking into 2021 that you're like, this is my new year's resolution or any space you want to take this year? So I, I never actually really do new year's resolutions. I just feel like I would set myself up for failure if I did that. Um, and also I, so I like to look at the new year as a way um, to how can I step more into the positive and how can I add value to somebody else's life mm-hmm. in a different way than I've already been doing. So every year, um, like I don't, I didn't actually think of something specific for this year. I think I've just been a little bit too much in my head the past couple of weeks, which I'm now finally you know, clearing the clouds. Um, and I'm just kind of at a, what can I do with my career and my life and my being that provides, you know, value to other people other than just cooking. Um, and it's just, for, for me, it's an, it's another year of non-resolution, but I guess a reflection of the past year and what I can do better for others. I love that. Just getting a little better every year. So I'm going to, I'm going to, um, end with a silly question. (laughs) Take us into your kitchen and what's it like? Do you have certain music on? Do you need to be alone? What is your kitchen atmosphere feel like? (laughs) My home kitchen I love to have the music on or I listen to podcasts, um, but I love, I love to dance and cook and maybe have a glass of wine as I'm cooking um, in my home kitchen. I'm also anally clean about my kitchens, um, so everything's usually orderly and in its place and stainless steel is nice and shiny, but well, I like to may- have fun. You know, the kitchen is a joyful place. Yes. And I love that you're a cookie dancer, so you have to be dancing. So that makes sense. I definitely do. (laughs) (laughs) I find cooking's always better if I have music playing. And I don't know why, but I'm either listening to French music or hip hop. So 
Oh, both good choices. Set the tone in two very different ways. (laughs) Yes, true. (laughs) Oh, well, is there anything else, Monica, you want to leave us with? I am so enjoying talking to you. And I think you're just going to allow people to dream and just have some ideas of maybe things they thought they couldn't do. Or, you know, sometimes the world tells us we can't pivot and go in a whole new direction. So I love that that's just what exudes from you. And uh, I know you're going to make people think and change some lives by tuning into our podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Kinsey. This has been so much fun. Um, I don't have any like last words or piece of advice or anything like that, but just, I mean, just keep in mind that we're all works of progress and, you know, you can, you can pivot and you can change and you don't have to be what you know, everybody wants you to be or expects you to be, you can, you can, you can change and whatever makes you happy. I love that. It's so peaceful to leave us on that note. So thank you for joining the balanced girl. And we look forward to watching you and getting some inspiration from your recipes. Thank you. It's been so fun. Thank you, Monica, so much for sharing your journey through so many difficult times. You remained true to yourself and you pivoted. Loved hearing all of those stories of how you were diagnosed with celiac after you became a pastry chef and honestly finding new ways to find balance in the kitchen and healthy alternatives. We cannot wait to try some of your gluten-free bread recipes. Thanks, Monica. And don't forget, if you haven't already, subscribe to The Balance Girls so you do not miss one episode. Thanks, everyone.